Hello, this is John Bowling, and thank you for listening to the Franklin First United Methodist Church podcast. I hope you enjoy this and find it encouraging and inspiring. If you'd like to check us out online, go to www.franklinfirstumc.com. I guess I was 20, getting ready to graduate from college. I had done some preaching, but I had no official credentials at that point. And on a Sunday morning, my father and I went to a small country church in Davis County, just outside of Owensboro. We got there a few minutes late. They were singing the first hymn. We grabbed a bulletin and a hymnal and stood and sang. And then we sat down there on the back row. And the pastor then began to make announcements after that hymn. And he saw the two of us sitting in the back, and most of you know my father is a retired United Methodist minister. And the pastor said, it's good to have both Reverend Bowlings with us today. And that just seemed to reverberate in my ears. Nobody had called me a reverend before. As I had said, I had done some preaching. I was pursuing this call to ministry. I was preparing within about a month to go to seminary, but nobody had called me Reverend, and I'm not sure I heard a word that he said the rest of that morning, as I was wondering, am I going to be a carbon copy of my father? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I, I admired him. I appreciated his work, and I know that, that many people showed their appreciation for his ministry over the years. The truth is, as time went on and I became a student pastor while going to seminary, I was a carbon copy of Bill Bowling. Certain mannerisms I had in the pulpit, some of the same words that he would have difficulty saying while preaching, I had difficulty saying. When I began to make my very first pastoral visits, I would always say to myself, is this what dad would do? And it took some time for me to find my own identity. And that's true really for all of us, isn't it? It's true for us regardless of our vocation, but it's true for us as individuals. We do, I hope, look to our parents, that our parents are good role models or perhaps an older brother or sister, and we observe them and in some ways try to emulate them. Maybe they're a good student, maybe a good athlete. I can remember as a child being with my mother, buying a record, not a cassette, not an 8-track, not a DVD or CD, but a record. And uh, on the front of that record was a brown boot that a woman would wear. And then a platform shoe with a purple sock showing. Now, obviously, that was to identify this is a Donnie and Marie Osmond record. And in fact, there were songs, titles of songs that they sang. We got home, it wasn't a Donnie and Marie record. It was somebody else singing the hits of Donnie and Marie Osmond. I have super dated myself this morning 
haven't I? Donnie Marie Osmond. Oh, I should be embarrassed. Uh, but I think the cover of that album said uh, favorites of Donnie and Marie. And then it was those songs. We also had another record. I think it had a diamond necklace on it. Can you imagine who that was? Neil Diamond. Once again, records were probably five, six, maybe seven dollars, probably not that expensive at the time. And, and these imitations were only three or four dollars. So they were cheaper. But perhaps that's the warning. That you and I need to be careful. Again, it's, it's not a, a bad thing to try to emulate a person that we admire. It's good to admire another person and hold another in high regard. But we need to strive to be the person that God created us to be. We don't want to be a cheap imitation of someone else, but rather the real thing, the authentic me. And indeed, sometimes we want or try to be like someone else. And we have to be careful, too, not to try and be like everybody else. Two Texans were speaking to one another, and they were kind of bragging a bit about the size of their ranches. And one asked the other, what's the name of your ranch? And he replied, the rocking R, ABC, flying W, circle C, bar U, staple 4, box D, rolling M, rainbows in, silver spur ranch. And the other rancher was very impressed. And he said, wow, that is some name. How many cattle do you run? And the rancher said, uh, not many. Few survive the branding. And when you try to be like everybody else, it's hard to survive the branding. That's certainly what we as parents of children worry about and struggle with. Oh, it's true. At a certain age, all of our children want a certain name brand shirt or a certain style of pants, a pair of shoes made by a certain company so they will fit in. We, we can deal with that. We can handle that. It's the bigger things. Mom, Dad, look, everybody sows their wild oats. Every, everybody parties at this stage in their life. Look, everybody's having sex. Talk to a, a young man, well he's not that young, he's my age, uh, a month or so ago, doesn't attend this church and he admitted to me that Sometimes when he traveled on business, uh, he indulged escort services. Wh why not? Do you know why they're so popular in larger cities? Because so many men are using them. Do you think all of those men are single? They're going on business trips. My wife's never going to know, so it's not going to hurt her. But yet in the process, we cheapen our marriage vows. We don't take God at his word because when we are married God is a part of the covenant that we establish with our marriage partner and we struggle sometimes don't we in having those conversations with our teenage and young adult children not everybody's doing it 
And even if everybody else was doing it, doesn't mean you have to do it. It doesn't mean you have to participate. Sometimes I think even as adults, we need to say that in the mirror. I don't have to drive this particular car because so many other folks my age who are successful are driving this car. You and I both know people, don't we, that are driving cars and making house payments and it's breaking their back. And they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it because others live in these kinds of homes and others are driving these kinds of cars and therefore I need to do it. And the Bible's very clear. We are called to be a peculiar people. We're not called to be like everybody else. We're called to be different, distinct. I mean, think back to the Old Testament circumcision, the dietary regulations, worshiping on a specific day of the week. This was to announce, if you will, to everyone else that the Jewish people, God's people, were not like other people. And that's who we have been called to be as Christians, as followers of Jesus. Sometimes I'm concerned that others don't know we are believers. We hear about the passion of Christians in South America and Africa being persecuted for their faith. Sometimes I wonder if people were going to persecute us for our faith, would they pass us by because they wouldn't know that we are a person of faith because we're so much trying to fit in, to be like everybody else. And then, of course, there are those who just don't know who they are. There's a girl I went to college with, Martha. She was a lovely person most of the time. She would go out with these guys, and if she dated somebody, let's say, who was really into cars, she would start buying Hot Rod magazine, and she would be all about cars. That's all she would ever want to talk about. Now we think, well, that's, that's no big deal. You know, she was interested in this fellow who was interested in cars. This gave him something to talk about. She was stretching herself a bit to, to learn more about something that perhaps they could share together. But then she would move on from that relationship to another relationship and perhaps date a guy that was very much into church. And whatever church he went to, whatever denomination he was a part of, she was all about that denomination, all about that church, 110%. And, and then if she would start dating somebody else, uh, whatever kind of clothing they would wear, she would wear that kind of clothing. And I remember a bunch of us guys one day talking about Martha. She was a, a little sister in our fraternity and we, we, we put together that we weren't sure we knew who Martha really was. Truth is, I'm not sure Martha knew who she was. She would try to assume the identity of the man she was dating whenever she was dating that man. And if she dated a, a different person, then she would take on the identity of that person. Have you known people like that? They just don't know who they are. Some of us 
try to be like somebody else. Some of us try to be like everybody else, and some of us just don't know who we are. But I want you to know who you are this morning. We can find the answer in the 8th chapter of Romans. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For you, if, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, or daughters of God, of course. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave of fear, but you have received a spirit of sonship, of daughtership, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. That's who we are. We're not just a bowling or a Phillips or a combo. We are a child of God, a son, a daughter of Almighty God. And let me tell you, that means something. I was in the youth group at church, and the youth choir sang. We, we had two services, and the youth choir sang at the 8.30 service every Sunday. And we sang from a balcony that was behind the congregation. So that means once we finished singing, and it was time for the sermon... We could talk a little bit or write notes, and our parents, unless they turned around and looked, which they weren't going to do, would never know. And of course, that's what most of us did. And there was a time, I don't know, maybe 15, I think it was a, a, a time, though I may have been a late bloomer, uh, where, where it was some growth, some, some intellectual growth, some spiritual growth, some maturity, was, was taking place as it should have been. And there were several of us in the youth choir that were good buddies, and we would start to listen to what the preacher had to say, Dr. Hulse. And then we wanted to talk about it. And we would talk about it. And at youth on Sunday nights, we would talk about it. And we were interested. And probably at that time, I was among some of the older youth that were in the youth group. And we would talk about these things. At the same time, I was associating with the guy in high school. We'll call him Tom. Tom was in the in-group. I wasn't in the in-group, but Tom and I were friends. So if I was hanging out with Tom, at least I was on the fringe of the in-group. And when I say in-group, uh, they were in this particular group not because of anything good. And so I began to get into some trouble and a little bit of more trouble. And my parents decided that we needed to talk about it. And my sisters uh, were close to perfect. If you don't believe me, ask them. My sister in Lexington says my parents really never had to parent until I came along, which I've always found rather insulting. So we went out to dinner. I had no idea that that we were going to have this kind of conversation. 
And they were struggling, I'm sure, with having the conversation. So we got back in the car and we drove around. My mother started, John, you seem to be really interested in following the Lord. And you, you and Victor and David, you, you, you talk about things that you hear on Sunday morning. You're very involved in the youth group and you're... Your, your daddy and I couldn't be any more pleased. And, and we want you to do that. And then my dad took over. And he said, you know, we, we like Tom. We don't have anything against Tom. And he's welcome in our home anytime. But son, when you're with him, you're starting to get into trouble. And so they basically said to me that night, you are going to have to make a decision. And the decision is, I'm going to seriously follow Jesus or I'm not you can continue to, to hang out with Tom and do things that will make you popular and things that well you may be compromising what you're learning on Sunday morning and Sunday night a contradiction to things that your mother and I have told you are right but you're getting older these choices will be yours. And we do have to choose, all of us, don't we? Not just when we're 15, not just when we're 25, but really every day of our life, we choose. We choose to either follow Jesus or not. But one thing is key, and that is knowing who we are not trying so much to fit in and be like somebody else or everybody else, but knowing who we are. A farmer went through the woods one afternoon just enjoying himself, enjoying a walk. He looked down and in amazement he saw before him a baby eagle. Can you imagine? Apparently it had fallen out of its nest for whatever reason, abandoned by its mother. So he scooped it up, took it back to the farm, and he put it with his chickens. Several years later, a friend came to visit, and as they were walking through the farm, he noticed this huge bird that from a distance looked like an eagle, and upon closer examination, that is exactly what it was, just walking around with the fowl. And so he asked his farmer buddy, my goodness, what, what are you doing? You've got an eagle here with your chickens. He says, I know, isn't it the craziest thing? I found him when he was small and I put him in here with the chickens and this bird thinks he's a chicken. Nonsense. He is one of the greatest of all birds, the most majestic. He cannot believe that he is just a chicken. And so he reached down and he picked up that magnificent bird some wingspan of what, 15 feet? From wingtip to wingtip. And he held that bird in his hand, he outstretched his hands. He said, Eagle, thou art an eagle, the most grand of all birds. Spread forth your wings and fly. And with that, he kind of gave him a little lift and plop. There went the eagle, back down with the chickens, picking and pecking. So he said, let's do it again. And this time they took the bird, the eagle, to the top of the barn. 
And once again, he stretched out his hands with his bird, this wonderful eagle, and he said, Eagle, thou art an eagle, the most grand of all birds. Spread forth thy wings and fly. And he kind of gave him that little push, and it seemed that he was going to fly just a little bit, and then straight down. He wasn't near the chickens, but he seemed to kind of strut over to where the chickens were began to pick and peck with them again. He said, tomorrow, we're going to go back out into the woods where you found him, and we're going to try something else. And that's exactly what they did. They went out into the woods very early in the morning. The sun wasn't quite yet up. They found a rock outcropping. And they got on top of the rock, and the man put the bird in his hands, and he said, Eagle, you are an eagle. The most grand of all birds and all creation, spread forth your wings and fly. At that moment, the sun was coming up, and it shone in the eyes of that eagle, and it seemed to take him back, perhaps. And the man pushed that eagle, and he began to, to go down, but then, but then he, he spread forth his wings and began to soar higher and higher and higher, and they watched him travel off into the distance because he was an eagle, and that's what he was destined to do. Some of you in this room have been told that you are something other than what you are. You've been called names. Bullies don't just roam the halls of the schools. They're also in our places of business and in our neighborhood. Adults do it just as often as young people. Sometimes people say that we're nothing but a, but a chicken. And in fact, everyone in this room, through the grace of God, is an eagle. Something prized, important, a child of God. The Bible tells us just a little lower we were created than the angels. You are somebody. You are something. You are a child of the living God. Celebrate it. Claim it. Believe it. And live it to the glory of God. Amen. Again, thank you for listening. This is John Bowling, pastor of Franklin First United Methodist Church in Franklin, Kentucky. Hope that you can visit with us sometime and you can find all the information about our church and how you can be involved at franklinfirstumc.com. If you'd like to financially support this ministry, that would greatly be appreciated. And again, you can find our mailing address on our website. Take care.